This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode 80. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. Well, let's just say I hope you're doing as good as you could possibly be doing during this challenging time. It is the COVID-19 pandemic and a lot of people have been told and suggested to stay in and self-isolate. I am in self-quarantine as well. I just got back from the States, so I am in self-quarantine too. So this can be a really tricky, challenging time. So if you're listening to this, uh, you might be going through a bit of a struggle as well, and you might be feeling a little bit, you know, uncertain as things are quite uncertain at this moment. So it's really, really cool because the book that I highlighted this week is unbelievably perfect for what it is that we're going through. I highlighted the book called Second Wave Positive Psychology. It's about embracing the dark side of life. And that's actually what it's called. Second Wave Positive Psychology, Embracing the Dark Side of Life. This book is so fantastic and couldn't come at a better time for us. And I'm just sending out a big virtual hug to everybody and a big high five because we can do that virtually, right? And I'm just letting you know that I'm here for you. Feel free to private message me if you want, you know, a last minute coaching session with me or just some help or guidance or just someone to talk to. I'm here for you. Feel free to reach out to me. Anyway, I thought that I would highlight this pod, this book rather in this week because it is so perfect because you know what? Life is not perfect and we are going to go through challenges. Positive psychology is all about looking at all aspects of life and coming out with a richness or an ability to learn and grow, heal and transform. So this book is so great. It's all about, you know, just changing the focus of psychology, positive psychology as it got a little bit of a bad rep in the beginning. And um, it is all about, you know, sticking your head in the sand and pretending bad things don't happen. And that was the critique of positive psychology. But what you're going to discover today is that, you know what, this is about embracing the dark side. It's about embracing the opportunities and the challenges, uh, challenges in our life. And this is a very big part of positive psychology. So if this is your first time on the podcast, Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. This is where I highlight these books in about 30 minutes and I try to suck out all the actionable nuggets so you can turn knowledge into action. It's like personal training for your brain. (laughs) Anyway, I love doing it. I'm addicted to reading. I have a superpower of speed reading and I create these fun mind maps so that I'm able to absorb the content within the book and then I'm able to share it with you. So it's so much fun. So thank you. Thank you for supporting my reading addiction. All right, so if you have been coming for a long time, I cannot thank you enough for being a loyal listener. And don't forget, right, hit subscribe because then every episode, whenever I upload an episode into the world, it comes downloading to you automatically. Don't we love automatic? 
right? It's going to make, it's a good life hack. Make it automatic so that you every week get a new book into your downloads. Okay. Let's jump in. So positive psychology is currently equated with the theory and research of, you know, all the positive aspects of life, but actually positive psychology investigates and researches some of the most painful and the most difficult experiences as well. So this book is all about, um, taking, uh, taking positive psychology. The second wave of positive psychology is all about embracing this dark side of life and emphasizing the role that these dark sides have to have to play in our lives. And it's really important in so that we can function positively and so that we can transform as human beings. So the first bit of positive psychology and some type of the critique is that we are ignoring the not so great feelings or the bad feelings or the challenges in life. And so this book, the second wave positive psychology is all about acknowledging and making sure that we're looking at the dark side, quote unquote, of what it is that we could be going through or the experiences that we can have and applying positive psychology to that. So subjects at the heart of positive psychology, you know, I am a positive psychology practitioner. I'm a positive psychology coach. So I'm definitely obsessed with the field of study of human flourishing. It's the science of human flourishing. Um, and so it's the study such as it's the study. Hello. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so hard to say that, um, such as meaning, such as resilience, um, human development. It's talk about mortality. It's talk about change and suffering and spirituality. Positive psychology really looks and embraces all the aspects of life and allows us so that we can show up in a way that is effective for us so that we can thrive as humans. So this book really engages with the so-called negative matters, um, that from positive psychology angle. So things that could come up for us, the challenges, the struggles, and it really teaches us how we can go on a path of personal development and how we can use these experiences and these struggles and challenge that we go through. Um, even though they're very challenging and hard at times, we can use them as opportunities for growth, opportunities for healing and opportunities for transformation. Isn't that awesome? Okay. So the, the second wave of positive psychology is about addressing what positive psychology initially, um, was critiqued about and also how positive psychology differentiated itself from what they call psychology as usual. So psychology as usual is just referring to, um, uh, psychology in a general sense kind of focuses on deficit and it focuses on, um, negative, like it focuses on the negative, like mental, negative mental states. It focuses on deficit and disorder. So positive psychology came out of a reaction to psychology as usual in response that, you know, if we can study, for example, depression, we should be able to also study happiness and well-being. And that's how positive psychology kind of was birthed out of psychology as usual. So then they, you know, they look at positive and it strongly emphasized positive thoughts, emotions, traits, etc. And positive psychology, sorry, psychology as usual was more focused on um, the negative sort of mental states, the negative experiences. So positive psychology as a second wave really does engage the darker side of life. So 
it's really important to know that when you study positive psychology or when we talk about positive psychology, it does look at all the aspects of life. And that's what I love about this book because it really is emphasizing all the aspects of our life and that even the most challenging, even the most problematic or the negative events that we go through, um, we usually want to reject them. We usually want to like, you know, shove them under the carpet or we just like hope that they'll go away. But it's really about embracing these experiences and really increasing our ability to use positive psychology um, so that we can learn and grow and heal and transform from these challenging situations. So positive psychology variables um, are basically compassion, joy, meaning, resilience, and gratitude. It's focusing on all these things so it can increase. So we want to increase these ideas or these feelings of compassion. We want to increase joy. We want to increase the sense of meaning in our life and increase our resilience, our grit, our ability to handle uh, what life is giving to us. And I love that, right? So are you ready? We're going to transform the way we perceive difficult experiences (laughs) and we're going to really encourage um, ourselves to embrace and accept these challenges fully is part of the whole entire experience of life. And this is really what genuine positive psychology is all about. Neat, right? Okay, so we're going to jump into the first part of the book, which they talked all about um, the uh, dialectics of emotion. So positive psychology began as a contrast from, as I said, psychology as usual, which typically focuses on dysfunction. And that was the main critique of positive psychology is that, you know, as a culture, we're like, you know, everyone's expecting us to be happy all the time. It's like, if we're not happy, then we're like, oh my God, I'm, there's something wrong with me if I'm not happy. And so that was the main critique. And this is not so great, right? Because the reality is, is that pressure of feeling as though we need to be happy all the time actually works to our disadvantage because um, what they called it within the book is they talked about it being a double arrow. So positive can be negative. And here's how is that, you know, have you ever think about a time? Have you ever felt like the pressure to be happy? Like when you're scrolling through other people's feeds and you know, they're being all productive in their house and you're thinking, Oh my God, I don't feel so great. I'm sort of stressed about what's going on in the world right now. Or, you know, so it's when you're feeling low and you're comparing yourself to other people or that feeling of lowness, or you're not feeling so great. It's compounded by the thought that, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I should be productive like everybody else. I should be embracing this, you know? So the reality is, is that that sheer fact of it can be a negative, they call it a double arrow. So what it does is it kind of, it's a pitfall. And what happens is this pitfall um, really puts added pressure, right, on us to be happy. So positive can actually be negative. And so they also flipped this, that negative can be positive. So for example, um, pessimism can lead to proactive coping. So sometimes what happens is like, um, they call it about, uh, they call it the positive power of negative thinking. 
<laughs> and that's totally like a spin on it, right? You hear all these books, you know, the power of positive thinking or think, think everything about thinking positive. This is different. This is the flip side, posit- the positive power of negative thinking. And now science has shown that when we have a, when we, sometimes we need to be pessimistic. We need to think of the negative in order to be prepared and in order to look at things in its totality. And uh, one thing that stands out for me is that I know I had there for a little bit, I had some anger towards my, uh, my, his, my ex-boyfriend, um, how we left was very bizarre. Uh, how that relationship ended was also very bizarre. And it was, um, it, it had a lot to do with, um, drug use on his part. And anyway, long story short, uh, my anger and my frustration with him and my level of disappointment, these are all very real, raw feelings on my behalf that I have. I feel like those feelings are actually keeping me safe and they're preventing me from ever going back to that. It's preventing me from, you know, um, ever accepting something like that in my life ever again. And it's, it's real. And it, those negative emotions or those emotions that are very, you know, I was devastated. I was disappointed. I had so much anger. I still do. And so this is the opposite of forgiveness, which is interesting, right? So I think one of the expressions is if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. (laughs) So what I'm trying to do is allow those feelings to stay with me, not just put them under the carpet, because the reality is, is that those feelings are keeping me very safe. They're keeping me safe, moving on to new relationships. They're keeping my kids safe from what I accept in my home and my household and around my kids. Um, Those feelings are, you know, there and real and, and they're, they're a part of me. And so it's shows you that sometimes this negative thinking is actually very powerful and it can be positive for us at certain times. And that's their message there is that looking at, um, looking at our emotions as of the full gamut, like looking at the whole polarity of it is what they're saying within their book. And even think about listening to music, right? Like when you listen to a song, you, it creates different mood states and that, you know, sometimes it's like you, it can be very positive emotions or you can have go into a place of negative feelings but just embracing the whole gamut of emotions that you might experience. This is the complexity of our emotional experience. And the idea within this book is to embrace the dark side. They call it the dark side, right? The darker emotions, because you know what, without those darker emotions, we won't also have the opposite emotions, right? Like from darkness, the darkest of dawn, I think there's an expression, the darkest of dawn comes light, right? From the morning. So if we didn't have that dark moment, we wouldn't appreciate the light. And that's the whole idea of this, you know, understanding this whole and appreciating the polar opposites and appreciating that we will have a whole gamut of emotions. So that part is really important as an introduction to this book. And the reality is, is within this book is that, you know what, that's what it is, is embracing all these aspects or the darker sides of life. And some of these negative emotions that we might be experiencing, like they're real instead of just putting them under the carpet and pretending they don't exist, uh, honoring 
acknowledging them and sitting with them and seeing them as um, real and just a message. What is this? Where am I feeling this in my body? What is this emotion telling me? All right. So the whole next section of the book is all about positive development. And they went into a lot of detail on lifespan development. They went into a lot of details on periods of transition in our life and how that can create tension and potentially, you know, not knowing what the outcome is going to be is also creating, it kind of creates tension a little bit. And, you know, some, we could have potentially positive, we could have potentially negative outcomes and this discomfort, um, we often try to avoid it, but it really does allow us to understand like that there is a place for fear. There is a place for pain and distress and uncertainty or confusion, and that these are just the facts of what's going to go on. Right. And this can happen during changing times, you know, through what we're going through right now, right. With the COVID-19, um, it's, there's discomfort there. This is a period of transition and they called it within their book, positive development, understanding, you know, that there are going to be ups and downs and that there are going to be ebbs and flows in our life. And the suggestion that they're making is to see it as human development, see it through the lens of the dark side, you know, emphasizing that there are going to be changes or possible positive impacts through this process. And it's powerful, right? They, they also talked about within their book that we, we will have different sort of themes throughout our lives and um, we will have times of discomfort and that as our life develops, there will be changes over time. And um, it's so true, right? Like, I mean, you've heard of the midlife crisis. You've heard of, for me, I'm on a new chapter in my life. Um, moving forward, it's like we all have these ebbs and flows. If it was just happy all the time and positive all the time, we wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't notice the richness in those good times. And so there are going to be ups and downs and just acknowledging that that humanness is so essential. So positive psychology really does support this idea of lifespans, development and periods of transition, you know, the transition between potentially positive and negative outcomes right? There's a transition period as well. And the idea here is to engage with the challenge and to engage with that discomfort and see it as a great potential for growth. See it as great potential for healing and insight and transformation along your journey of development. And that in positive psychology is looking at it from, okay, like where's the growth here? Where's the learning? And you know, what's unfolding here for me? And I, I find that so powerful right? So it's acknowledging that, you know what, it's, it's a growth mindset, right? It's literally looking at things like, okay, what can I, where's the learning here? Or, you know what, I'm going to sort of in this, this idea of ebbs and flows and, you know, or these, they call it sometimes seasons, like what season are you in? <laughs> you can really tap in and understand the strength that you, that might emerge from it. You can look at it from, you know, the polarities of life, ups and downs, and kind of, it'll, or even stages of maturation, like learning and growing and how you mature, um, which is so powerful. I love that. So they did talk also about the unfolding of growth occurs in steps or in this lifespan development, as we talked about. It's basically an, an inevitable part of our growth and our development. That's the bottom line. And that's the message within their book. So our developmental journey journey is unfolding. It's one of growth. It's one of, that carries, you know, um, 
uniqueness and individuality for us. Everyone's journey is going to be different. And positive psychology spin on this idea is that, okay, where's the learning? Where's the growing? Um, this might be a downtime. Okay, I'm excited for the uptime. Or what can I learn in this downtime? Or what action can I take that'll help me through this? Um, if I'm going through a period of transition that could be potentially discomfort, like uncomfortable. Okay, so then they talked about the dark side of the meaning of life. This part I love because have you ever had anxiety about, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to be here for? Like, <laughs> what's my purpose? Um, it's so funny because sometimes I have a lot of clients, right? And they'll co I'll be coaching them and that this subject comes up all the time. And it's almost like there becomes an anxiety around the idea of meaning and purpose. And there becomes like this pressure, like, oh my gosh, you know, meaning just refers to understanding, you know, where you make a difference or where, how you make sense of your life and the role that you play in it. Um, and then we carry them out. We carry out our lives feeling like, you know, how, how we make sense of our life and the role we carry out our roles. And that's what meaning basically is. And then purpose is kind of like what gets you up, like what refers to your aspirations and what motivates your activities and your actions on a daily basis is your purpose. So the dark side of the meaning of life is that this is challenging, right? It's challenging to figure out you know, and make sense of your life. It can be challenging to figure out what's your role here. And then further to that, you know, what are your aspirations and what motivates you? And, you know, what, what actions are you going to take on a daily basis? Like what's your purpose? This can create an anxiety. And so what they're suggesting is looking at this, this from a realistic point of view and from the dark side of the meaning of life is that, that challenging experiences, thoughts and emotions and your behaviors, they're all going to relate to your meaning and purpose. And this can d trigger discomfort within us if we're, if it's unclear or if we're uncertain. So their suggestions within their book is that, um, really focus on engaging in this challenge and be with that discomfort and then just really look for authenticity and, and an opportunity to tap into yourself and grow and create more deeper meaning for yourself. So engaging in just a deeper understanding of what, what do you value? What do you what do you admit to yourself that's not truly you and that you you're doing for someone else perhaps and it's not really you so the idea is to adopt this idea of authenticity and be completely honest with yourself of you know being honest with this idea of what it is how you're showing up how you'd like to show up in your life and uh, the dark side is, is about letting go of irrelevant values letting go of things that aren't true for you and admitting you know, what is truly your desire? What are your desires? What is it you want for yourself? And um, really gaining this greater awareness and authenticity and getting clearer. It'll help you get clearer on the meaning in your life. And so tapping into the meaning in your life is more than just like, okay, like how am I, what's my role? Is <laughs> looking at what do you value? What do you love? What do you cherish? What comes almost naturally for you? And, you know, what brings you joy? and happiness authentically for you. 
So that's a different way of looking at, you know, what, what the meaning is for you. It's going to be different for everybody. So searching for the other suggestion I love that they have in their book is to search for meaning versus um, the presence of meaning. So if we're searching for meaning in your life, it creates a sort of anxiety and a discomfort. Whereas if you already look inside your life for the presence of meaning, so what already is bringing you a sense of joy, what already makes you feel like your life is meaningful. So if you already look for the presence with of meaning within your life, it's so powerful, right? It can be very beneficial for you instead of searching for it. So finding where you have it already and cultivating that more. And this can really motivate us to to grow and learn and discover more about ourselves. I love that tip. So they did talk about, you know, asking the question, like to really, uh, you know, deepen some personal reflection here on meaning and on engaging with that dark side of meaning is to ask yourself, you know, what is the personal meaning and purpose of your life? Don't stress right now. I know everybody's going, oh my God, <laughs> pause the podcast. <laughs> I know I did too. But the reality is you don't have to answer that right now. It's it's meant to put you in a place so that you can take a step back, really look at your life, find the presence of meaning already existing, and think about all the things that you value, the things that bring you joy, and really tap into what is the person, your personal meaning and purpose of your life. And you know what, what are the potential sources of meaning in your life that are already present that can really help you? So the premise here is that you know what this whole the idea is is that the dark side of our emotions or the discomforts and challenges in our life are really there to help us for with so we can positively develop it's all about development it's all about growing it's all about learning and healing and using positive psychology to see it from that perspective really helps us to grow learn and heal and then the dark side is sometimes we look at the meaning of life and the purpose but at the same time we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by that question and it feels uncomfortable but the reality is if we look at it we're going to bring about more authenticity in our life and feel that feeling of discomfort is really, really powerful because it'll help us really tap into a deeper place of meaning, right? So some places that you might look are, you know, look at your relationships, look at intimacy in your life, look at um, things that bring you uh, joy, where you go into flow state and you lose track of time. Look at your achievements that you've already accomplished. Look at your, you know, self-acceptance. What is it you're most proud of, your proudest moments in your life? And also having that really idea of respect for yourself and, and where is it that you feel spirituality? These are all ways to help you go into that darker place of discovering authentically your meaning and your purpose. I love that part. Okay. Then they talked about adversity, resilience, and transformational growth. Now, this is where we tap into the idea that, you know what? Life isn't going to be perfect. So resilience, resilience, resilience. And everyone's using this word nowadays, resilience. And so what exactly is it? It's just that ability to bounce back. And in positive psychology, it is all about 
increasing our capacity to bounce back better. It's all about increasing our ability to be in the presence of struggle and then be able to work through it with intentional behaviors, with helping our thinking and shifting our thinking so that we can really have transform transformational growth. And so positive psychology, one of the major aspects of positive psychology is resilience. And this is the idea of our thinking and how we can foster a sense of resilience and we can use trauma crisis as an opportunity for growth. And in positive psychology, it's called post-traumatic growth and resilience. So resilience is huge. So we're going to inevitably encounter difficult times in our life. We've all had them. I want you to think of, you know, even in the last week, I'm sure you've encountered some difficult times. Uh, So this section or this section of the book is all about our individual capacity to stay strong in the face of adversity, our ability to bounce back after trauma or crisis and allowing us to thrive alongside. So it's not forgetting the trauma and pretending that bad things aren't happening and putting your head in the sand. It's like, okay, yes, I'm being challenged right now, but I'm going to thrive alongside of this suffering. I'm going to bounce back as effectively as I can in the face of adversity. I love this approach. And this is one of the reasons I absolutely love positive psychology. So resilience means different things and it's a hard concept to define. Uh, and you know, like how would you define resilience? Everyone has their own definition of resilience. Uh, generally with positive psychology, we use what's called uh, cognitive behavior therapy, and that helps to build resilience. This is just one aspect that helps building resilience, right? I mean, some resilience factors of are positive coping, positive affect, positive thinking, realism, behavior control, that sort of thing. But one of the best things we can do is cognitive behavior therapy in order to build this resilience. That means we can change our thinking. And I love this quote by Shakespeare. It's For there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. That just shows you and demonstrates the power of our thinking. So whether for something is not good or bad, like something could be good or bad, it's really our thinking that makes it so. So it shows you the power of our thinking in in the role that it plays with our resilience, right? So... I know I've been seeing all these posts about mindset around, you know, having to stay in your home. It's like, oh my God, I have to say I'm trapped in my house. It's like, that would be one way of saying it, right? But if you were to say it, I have this opportunity and time that I can you know, stay in my home, right? And I have all this extra time. You can see it as an opportunity. So your thinking can change the way you feel about the experience, making you more resilient. Do you see how that works, right? If you think that you get to stay home, you've got extra hours and you get to declutter and organize and paint or whatever it is that you're doing to stay, um, to be productive in your home, It's amazing that if you, it's just shifting that allows you to feel more resilient. Whereas if you feel, if your thoughts are that you are trapped in your home, oh my gosh, the walls start closing in, right? It doesn't feel good. You become less resilient. And so I love this, this aspect of how we can face adversity and become more resilient and see things as an opportunity for growth. That's the underlying message of this entire book. So 
So a question. So what do you think of that statement, right? For there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. So I'm wondering if you have a personal experience that supports or contradicts the statement. I bet you have an example, right? Like as soon as you like think, oh my gosh, right? How a thought actually creates the experience for yourself. Um, I know one example that comes up in my mind is that um, for a while there, I was feeling a, a little burnt out. And so I had to listen to the words. I had to train a lot of clients and I was feeling tired. And so every time I was like, oh, I have to go train a client. And I felt a little deflated around it. I showed up and I, of course, I show up and I do my best. And ultimately, I always have fun with my clients. But um, it's just that shift. And then it's like, wait a second. I shifted it to I get to train my clients and I get to be paid to stay fit. And as soon as I shifted that thinking, it was amazing because it helped me so much be more resilient, show up with a different attitude. And it, it, I saw it more as an opportunity as opposed to a deficit and not so great experience. So that's powerful, right? That shows you the power of our mind. So positive psychology really does facilitate resilience and what you want to rec start recognizing and paying attention to is your thinking. And we can use this cognitive behavior therapy uh, as a form of shifting or, or shifting so that we can become more resilient in our life. So the first thing that happens is an activating event. So that could be an everyday experience that, you know, that you go through. It's like, it's something that pushes your buttons or it's something that's like causing you to, you know, it's just an activating event. So then what happens is we have a consequence for those activating events. You know, they might be feelings, they might be behaviors, and they could be out of proportion or they could be in proportion. It's basically the consequence is a reaction to that activating event. So it's, it's amazing, right? So we have an activating event that's an everyday occurrence that's going on that might push your buttons, and then you have a consequence. You have a reaction to it, a feeling and behavior that might be out of proportion, might be in proportion, but it's a reaction. So now what happens is it doesn't just go from the activating event to the consequence, to our feeling and behavior. There's something that happens in the middle. And what happens in the middle are our beliefs, there are stories, and there are thoughts. So what happens is, is in the middle, we have those thoughts, feelings, or beliefs that determine how we're going to react. And so the activating event happens, the everyday occurrence happens, but then what happens is it goes into our brain. We have thoughts around it. We have what's called schemas or like um, mental cognitive pathways or stories or experiences we've been through that all affect us. And then we have, boom, a consequence. We have our feelings and behavior. So the interesting thing about all this is that we can change the belief. So we call this ABC and it's kind of like taking your thinking to court. It's like looking at your beliefs. And so you have the activating event, the belief or the story, and then you have the consequence of feeling and behavior reaction. So this is so powerful for resilience. This is like really powerful for when we're in a challenging, adverse situation. And so I invite you to really focus on the potential to change 
how we interpret things to change that belief, to really look at what belief is like, what am I believing or thinking that's causing that reaction? <laughs> can I change my thoughts? My feel, my, can I change my thinking, my beliefs and my schema in order to feel different? And it's so cool. Cause one of the thoughts that I do is I'm like, Oh, is there a better feeling thought that I could interject in there? And this is so powerful. You can 100% do that. So I invite you next time you're going through an adversity or you have a challenge or you notice something is pushing your buttons. <laughs> we all have those, just admit it. And so what happens is I want you to really sit back, step back and look at it. What are the thoughts that are causing your reaction? What are the thoughts or stories that are causing the behavior and the feelings from that activating event, that button pushing. And you'll be amazed at what comes up. It's amazing the thought that comes up. And um, and then you can try and think of what's a better feeling thought or what's a different thought that I could put in here? How can I change or recreate an alternative interpretation? That exercise in and of itself is so powerful, especially in the face of adversity, trauma, discomfort, uncomfortable feelings, those button pushing situations is really powerful. And then within their book, they talked all about the potential for growth after adversity or when you're going through adversity or challenge or struggle. And this is the idea of post-traumatic growth. So it's focusing on transformational growth. Um, It's all about bouncing back. It's all about standing strong in the face of adversity. It's all about confronting the dark side of trauma, adversity, and struggle. And this is really powerful. It's considering, it's looking honestly, at the dark side. You know what? When we go through a traumatic event, it's not meant to stay with us forever. It's not meant to linger and destroy our lives. (laughs) So the idea here is to really look at the things that have shown up for you and, and see it as potential for growth. See it as potential for Um, for healing, see it as potential for change. So post-traumatic growth is all about personal strength. It's all about relating to others. It's all about seeing new possibilities in your life. It's appreciating life and spirituality and positive psychology really shows that there is possibility for learning and growth. And this is, this is essentially how we maintain equilibrium and balance in the face of adversity. And science has actually shown that sometimes we, when we've gone through adversity, we can bounce back even better than we were before. So this is great. And so difficult times are going to be there, right? And there are benefits and positive changes that come out of suffering. It's just a matter of finding and searching and seeing and feeling and noticing the potential for growth, paying attention to that and using alternative interpretations. So really looking at that, you know, the belief and the story and uh, allowing it to be an opportunity for growth. Isn't that incredible? I love that part of this book. It's so powerful. And by the way, this book has so much information. I always suggest purchasing the book and supporting the authors. This book is uh, basically a textbook. And so there's so much information in it. That's why it's taking me so long to highlight today. Um, But yeah, lots and lots of good exercises and information within this book. So it's taken me a little longer to highlight it. So 
let's think about it. If you were to create your own resiliency program, right? Or if you were to suggest to someone or talk to someone or help someone through a challenge, what would you include? Like, what would you suggest for them? Or what would you, like, what outcome would you want them to have? And it's amazing by just reflecting on your own ideas of resilience and your own idea of resiliency, it'll show you that you have the power and the ability to offer transformational growth from adversity, struggle, and challenge. Like I know the first thing I do if I were to, you know, suggest a resilience program is I would put self-care in there 100% because it's amazing how when you tap in to your own strength, it's like you have control over that. So for example, what I'm doing through all this struggle and challenge, I am taking this as an opportunity to, you know what, you know, take time to look after myself. I'm exercising, I'm doing yoga, I'm doing meditation, I'm taking deep breaths, going for walks in nature, taking my dog's for more walks. I'm popping in my sauna so I can have infrared sweat therapy going on. There's so many things that you can do in order to help you become more resilient. And self-care for me is one of the amazing tools that I would include in my program. So what would you include in your own resiliency program? It's amazing how you know intuitively what you would do. And it's so cool because we have this ability to grow and learn and transform form. So that is that part. Then they did go into a whole section about mortality and, <laughs> and that it's a dark side sort of subject matter, thinking about mortality. Um, but in actuality, there are benefits to contemplating our mortality. There's benefits about thinking about death and that it actually contributes to optimal functioning. So thinking and contemplating death uh, can really help us to take advantage of our lives, to really embrace life, to live life to its fullest. It also encourages us to enhance our own well-being and our daily happiness. And um, there are so many, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, if you were to ever um, think about like your, your own obituary or something like that, it's like, what would be on that? Or like, if you, if you've had a near death experience, or even if you had an event in your life, the kind of altered or shaped the way you look at your own mortality didn't have huge impact on your life. I know it's incredible. So mortality actually increases our awareness and links us to well-being, and science has shown that. So it's amazing how we can kind of live from a place that we don't want to have regrets. We want to live our life fully. So it actually creates optimal functioning. So there's the upside to the dark side. <laughs> All right. Then they talked about well-being. So how suffering, compassion, and uh, creates interconnectedness. And so they were saying that within their book is that compassion is really, really important in positive psychology. And it's the idea that we have the ability to empathetically recognize the emotions in others, that we're able to experience kind of sympathetic distress. So you're able to feel discomfort on someone's behalf. So if someone's going through something 
uh, you're able to have that sympathetic distress. You feel their pain and that you'll do whatever it takes to reduce the other's suffering so you can help them. You want to, you recognize their emotions in others. You, you're emotionally experiencing this on their behalf and that you, you want to, and you have the will to reduce others' suffering. That's what true compassion is. It's full of empathy and sympathy. And so the idea is, is that compassion really does embrace the dark side of life. It embraces the idea and the concept of suffering, and it embraces the idea of pain and the darkness, right? So being compassionate really is important because it helps to open us up to the dark side. And it opens us up to allowing ourselves to be moved by other people's suffering and to experience uh, life to its fullest. And also it, it changes us and it allows us to appreciate our own lives. It opens our hearts. It allows us to cultivate more compassion. It allows for growth and self-transcendence. It allows for spirituality. It allows acts of kindness. And it really, really does expand us on so many levels. So I loved this part, uh, the idea of compassion and interconnectedness and connecting to others. And in positive psychology, right, it's all about connections and it's all about other people matter. That's the bottom line. So this book is so fantastic. And there's a whole nother section on self-acceptance and the idea of self-compassion and um, really connecting to you know, sometimes it's really hard to turn inward and see and notice and witness your shadows. And this is hard, right? This can cause discomfort. So the moment you kind of, you're observing and you're seeing yourself without any masks or avoidance, it can be really difficult. So they're talking about this within their book is to really do things to help dig deeper so that you can become more self-aware, so that you can embrace our dark side, our darkness, so that we can learn and grow and heal. And it's not just sweeping it under the rug. I keep saying that. It's like, they won't see it if it's here. <laughs> it's like kids, you know, they're like, they turn their head. It's like, if I turn my head, can they really see me? <laughs> it's like, it's... it's so the idea is to take the blinders off, to notice and engage in your dark side. And it might be difficult. It might be difficult. Negative emotions may come up and it can, but these, the idea within this book is that, you know what, these negative emotions, it might trigger and could lead to wonderful growth and positive changes. So taking your direct, taking your attention inward and really focusing on self-awareness, it really allows us to engage with our internal experience. You know, what am I feeling? What am I needing? What am I wanting? And so this dark side of self-awareness can be our own judgments. We judge ourselves. We critique ourselves. We're, we're, we're mean to ourselves. We reject things about ourselves. And so this idea is, is that the best thing we can do is to use while we're going into self-awareness is use self-acceptance and self-compassion. This is essential. I cannot emphasize this more. When you go into a place investigating your dark side, your shadows to increase self-awareness, please use self-acceptance and use self-compassion when you're investigating this self-awareness. It is so essential. And this allows us for opportunities of growth 
and it allows us to transform, right? So again, this is embracing the dark side. So we all have certain areas of our life that, you know what, they need our attention and that we're maybe self-judgmental about or self-critical. And this idea is, is like, you know what, look into what areas of your life prompt self-judgment. What areas of your life are you judging yourself or are you hard on yourself? And look at it with self-awareness, but also tap into self-compassion, tap into self-care and self-acceptance as you look at your shadows and witness your shadows, right? The other thing is what expectations do you have of yourself that lead to this reaction of judgment and then go to a place of self-compassion, um, making sure you're, you're being, re- being honest with yourself, but from a place of self-acceptance and compassion. I love that they ta- touched on that. That is the book, Positive Psychology. So it's the second wave, Positive Psychology, Embracing the Dark Side. This book is so fantastic. It really does take us on a journey that, you know, that's beyond just, you know, psychology as usual. And, you know, psychology, positive psychology being, you know, just happy faces and the expectation of being happy all the time. Um, but it's more... It's about interventions that enable people, you know, if they wish, that they can alleviate this distress and they can generate well-being, but they can also look for these states that don't feel so good, that are uncomfortable, that might feel bad. It's about really embracing the totality or all these emotions and welcome these emotions into our mind for an opportunity for growth, healing, and learning. Anyway, that's it. I hope you got a lot out of this book. I know I did. I enjoyed it tremendously. Please, please, please send me messages. Feel free to reach out. Share this with friends. I know we all need some support around this time. And if you are available and you're listening to this podcast today, which is March 23rd, I am hosting a free live book club tonight. And I'm so excited because it's called Struggle Well. It's a perfect book to highlight in a live environment especially with everything that we're going through. I would love for you to show up, go over to my website for more information, click on the unconventional book club, and you'll see right there, struggle well, you can sign up, register, it's free. And I would love to have you. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful, wonderful day. Sending virtual, wonderful hugs. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasaydell.com, where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the content in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show.